0: Now, Patrick, let me ask, have you ever had a printed receipt before? You ever gone to a shop, got a printed receipt? I sure have, Dan. <laughs> Very enthusiastic <laughs> of you. So I came across a digital receipt company called Slip. They recently commissioned some research, World First, apparently, which it reports on the printed receipt, which I, to be honest, hadn't really thought much about. But let me just tell you some stats because this, I found this to be quite amazing. In Australia, there are more than 10.6 billion paper receipts printed every year, but these receipts require 150,000 trees, 1.6 billion liters of water, 96,000 metric tons of carbon, which is equivalent to about 21,000 cars on the road, and 105 million kilowatts of energy, which is enough to power 18,500 homes for a whole year. And over 80% of them contain toxic chemicals. And there's one that was called out called Bicephanol A or BSA, which is shown to have medical risks and things like that. Apparently, BPA used to be in drinking bottles in those plastic water bottles, but they've taken them out. But it's been linked to an increase in mortality rate and stuff like that. Crazy. So, And they can't be recycled, these printed receipts. And then from the customer perspective, and again, tell me if, if you've had this as well, it's annoying having the paper receipt. They fade to start with. You don't know where to put them. So if you're buying, say, a TV or something bigger where you want to keep the receipt, you don't know where to put them. If you do put them somewhere, you can't remember where you put them if you actually need it for something. So it's just annoying. And then if you think about the broader consumer behavior around shopping and the receipt kind of area, it's all moving digital anyway. So in 2022, only about 13% of payments were made in cash. This is across all demographics as well. Interestingly, the 50 plus group In 2007, so 15 years ago, 74% of them only paid in cash. And in 2022, so last year, it's under 22% paying cash. What country are we talking about? Australia.
1: That's huge. It's gone from three quarters to less than a quarter paying in cash. Yeah. Australia, I've I've seen a lot about this, Australia going cashless. I think London's doing the same, but I think, you know, America and, you know, South America and, a lot of the other really populated countries in the world aren't necessarily doing that. Yeah, no, and I think Australia is is further ahead, and even further than that. Not just using
0: credit cards, but forty percent have stopped even carrying a physical wallet or a credit card in favor of
1: you know smart devices, smart watches, and and phones and stuff yeah. to make the payment. Let me share a personal tidbit with you, Dan. I do not own a wallet. There you go. So, You're in the 40s. I, I I don't even I don't even carry ID. I have nothing. I literally have my phone with a digital card. I don't have a physical card. I don't even own a physical card. I never got one sent. I have my phone. I have there a digital go. card. That's literally all I have. You've proven my point. Thank you. Yeah. have Unplanned approval. So thanks for that. Let, and... let, let me do one better. Let me yeah. do one better. My bank doesn't even have a physical location. There so you go. So, and I, I'm. I'm... And I think all all of this is pointing towards,
0: yeah, obviously a more digital means for for payments. And then the receipts still feels like this, you know, we're doing it because we've always done it. People kind of expect this physical piece of paper that tells them what they've bought, but it's all digital. All of the information is all stored in databases. Where I'm going with this is that this month, so November, 2023, in Australia, again, the Minister of Environment unveiled this new initiative called Future Proof, which is aimed at looking at this exact thing. So the ultimate aim, what they're trying to do is phase away from... From these non-recyclable receipts by providing both digital alternatives, which is kind of what we're going to go to today, as well as making them recyclable. And so it's better for the environment. You know, we, we talked about some of those stats before, obviously by not printing, you're saving all of those things, you know, the, the water, the trees, et cetera. So it's better for the environment. But also I think from a consumer perspective, it's a better user experience as well. And so this week, what I want to do, I've picked up on this and I suppose the future of receipts is what I'm talking about today. And people probably don't think about it too much, but I think it is an interesting trend and it is a pretty good opportunity. And so I almost want to put out a challenge to our listeners. And if you are listening and you've thought about this before, you've said something like, I wish you could do this or why don't they do this? This is your chance to come up with an idea and, and maybe put it forward to this initiative will be part of it. I did have one idea though around this, which I thought might spark some ideas and obviously just for us to have a chat about is why not create almost a point of sale system, which is really simply just a screen that produces a QR code. And obviously then that QR code can be scanned by the shopper using their phone and their camera. And that gives you your digital receipt. Because I think there are some options now where some of the banks are involved, where you can tap your phone and it'll automatically send, I suppose, a digital version of that receipt to your banking app. That obviously requires all the banks to be a part of it. There's probably other point of sale systems. I don't know if you've been to a Bunnings here in Australia. I'm assuming you have. They give you the option to email you the receipt. So literally, they ask for your email address at the checkout, they type it in, and then they send you the receipt. Still then, you've got a PDF version of your receipt sitting in your inbox, which then
1: do you save it? You know, so it's a good kind of mid-ground. Yeah, absolutely. The two points you talked about there are the solution and Bunnings that I will cover. So one, I've definitely been to Bunnings. And for anyone listening, Bunnings does 12-month plant returns. So if you buy an indoor plant, you can return it within 12 months, even if you kill it. And I've literally done this with a dead plant, got my money back. So <laughs> that's completely irrelevant, but I love Bunnings. So good example, Dan, you've hit a personal feeling with me, which is always good in a pitch. That's good. A Second thing, with the digital receipt things, I think it's really interesting. I've actually looked into this space before for a personal project. I didn't come up with the QR card thing, though. I think that's quite innovative, the QR code thing. And I swear the world is... Aligning. I literally met a guy last night at an event here in London called Rare Founders that has created this exact thing that you're talking about what, with a QR code. Yes, and he—I'm not even joking—he showed me on his phone in the event last night. So that's crazy that you bring this up. I don't read Dan's ideas before the podcast, by the way. If you're listening to this, so I had no idea he was going to say that. The interesting thing that he was saying is he's doing it in India, where the merchants on the street just literally don't have you know much infrastructure. They have like mm. a table and you know they're selling stuff. Yeah. Um. And you know he was saying how he came up with the idea is he was walking past you know these markets in India and he didn't want to pay. And he's like, "Sorry, no cash." And the guy pulled out this machine, like a POS thing, and said, "Don't worry, you can just pay with the QR code." Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be good for buskers as well. Yeah street performers. This isn't the payment side, which maybe
0: that's what you're talking about a little bit as well. And I mean, it could be that. I'm thinking more, the payment can still progress as per normal. So you might still use your card. You still use the point of sale terminal as the payment, but then there's almost like a separate little screen, which is your receipt. So this is more about the receipt rather than the payment of it, but it could be both. So not paying via a QR code, it's basically retrieving your receipt via the QR code. And so think about in the back end, everything that you buy, it all goes into basically a database against a particular transaction. And then that spits out at the moment to a paper receipt in a particular format. So with the QR code, basically it's linking to that database. And then on the front end on kind of the, whether it's an app or a website or whatever, you can just reconstruct that information in any way you want. It doesn't even need to look like a receipt now. Because even if you get a digital receipt often they still look like a printed receipt, just digital. So this could be completely different and could be native to the phone. You could have categorization. It doesn't need to be a full list. It could be a category split into certain categories, split into things that are on special versus not on special, however it wants to be done. But you've got all this information. And so effectively the business that I'm thinking here is obviously to create the software that does that, that turns that data into a digital native receipt. It probably is the hardware as well, providing that screen, which I think could be any kind of screen that can display images, which is literally any screen. So I think that part of it's relatively easy. I think you could probably from the business model perspective, so in terms of how you would make money and that kind of thing. So I think you would offer advertising space to the store or so to the merchant who's using it. So you give them you know, a space to promote their fuel vouchers or a sales program or a loyalty program. So you've got space within the app to promote their own stuff. And that could be dynamic, which means that whatever is the current loyalty program messaging, could be then retrofitted to every single receipt that that person has had in the past. Even if you go further and you think about the receipts you get now, on the back of the receipts, you have all those little offers, which whoever does the, the whoever sells those receipt rolls to the companies, they're going out and they're selling this advertising space basically. So again, you could offer ads within the receipts. So it could be relevant to the particular offer or the particular thing that you've bought. Because at the moment, if you go to the a supermarket and you just buy a whole bunch of stuff, the ads on the back aren't relevant to what you've bought. They're just, randomly, whatever comes up on the back of that receipt. But in the digital model, you could actually be targeted to the specific products that you've bought. It could be based on other behavior. It could be based on your demographics. I think
1: you could almost have an You're almost building another advertising channel as part of this as well. Yeah. A few problems. I think, why are we not just getting rid of receipts? And I'm not sure this needs another solution to your point because a bank's not just solving this. I feel like this is something that banks are just solving now with like, you know, the user interface and they're giving you more information about your transactions. And you know, that'll get integrated into that eventually. Or Apple will solve it with, you know, Apple Pay sort of solution and they'll start tracking the digital receipts thing. I don't see this as like a business that can sort of take off and and stand on its own two feet. Plus, you know, a lot of challenges integrating into multiple different fintechs and and financial technology companies and so forth.
0: Yeah. So, you're right. The the banks do it in a sense, but it's not itemized lists. It'll give you the total amount. It won't give you the itemized list. And I think we still do need receipts in a way. You still need some proof that you've purchased, probably not for a chocolate bar, but if you're buying a TV, you know you need to keep it for the warranty. And I think obviously we've probably been focusing here on the consumer side, but on the business side, obviously keeping track of those receipts is important because you need to claim them back on tax or you need to expense them through the, the company. So I think there's definitely still a need for receipts. And there are companies doing this. I know that I used to use one where you could scan the receipt and it would automatically categorize and put in an itemized report which you could then expense through so there are those ones that are doing that but they're based on the receipt already being printed and so what i'm trying to say is how can we remove that printing part
1: of it and just go straight to the digitization got it i've got it go at the pos terminal the point of service terminal enter your email boom you could just like e-commerce e-commerce you get sent an email And that's what Bunnings do. You tell them and they type it in, but that's things. And I think
0: for the, for the merchant, for the store, that's a fantastic option because then they get your personal details. Even if it's a QR code, there's probably a way that you can, maybe you can opt in to be identified or you can opt in for extra store offers or things like that. I think there's an opportunity here. That company I mentioned before, Slip, they formed in 2016. So they're about what, six, seven years old now. They're in almost two and a half thousand locations. They do have partnerships with each of the four big banks here in Australia. And so with one of them, uh, NAB, you can basically go into the NAB app and you can switch on smart receipts. And so when you use your, whether it's your card or whether your phone to make a payment, it will then record a smart receipt within your NAB app. So that's kind of what I'm talking about here, but that's taken them six years. Getting partnerships with all the big banks would be a challenge. Just one other point that you know they've received 25 million in series A funding, I think last year so they're doing all right we've got the government interest in this it's an industry-led initiative but government-backed around you know the future of receipts you've got companies kind of proving that this works you've got your new mate which is already doing this exact kind of thing so i think there's an opportunity here like i said at the start this is a trend, which there is an opportunity and if any of the listeners have an idea reach out to us
1: comment on linkedin leave it at that brilliant brilliant no worries dan i can sort of start with my idea today then so I'm I'm not going to tell a story this week. I just want to rip into it. So basically, I want a friend rental marketplace. <laughs> okay, I love the titles of yours. But keep going. So I want to put myself up from my, on the marketplace as a friend. I'm just a good guy, you know, like a friend. Right? For, yeah, a friend for rent. A friend for rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I charge sixty pounds an hour. I will hang out. I can grab your beer with you at your expense. I will you know maybe i could play basketball i can you know just do any you know basic sort of friend like activity the idea of this is basically it's a marketplace so you can list yourself you can buy people you can rent people's time go with rent people's time not buy people <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's effectively the uh, the escort business but without the escorting yeah nothing nothing you know over crossing over any friend lines it's just real wholesome stuff I think, you know, the target demographic for this is really like, you know, young people who don't have a lot of friends or, you know, people, travelers who have moved to new cities or people who don't have a large network, which studies have shown your network does shrink as you get older. So, you know, there could also be a gap in that sort of, you know, 30s to 50s space as well for people because, you know, you're just not catching up with people as often and, you know, you probably have more cash to burn. So, you know, you could potentially rent people, right? Then... There's the older demographic who literally are people that move into nursing homes and communities and care homes for the sake of the community. So that's their main driver to move in. They don't want to pay like the the ridiculous fees. A lot of them don't even need, you know, a lot of the care. Um, They might need a few things. They're they're mostly there for the community. Um, I was doing some research on this, so. It's interesting. They're that type of person that could rent a friend and maybe they want to rent a 16-year-old friend. Maybe I want to rent like a, a 65-year-old friend or something, right? You know, relationships that aren't easy to come into based on your location or, you know, your existing networks or, or the places that you visit. Yeah. Look, I've got a name for it. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> Hit me. What about
0: platonic? You know, like I'm in a platonic relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it platonic.
1: It's very cool. It's kind of, it's a really cool word actually. Yeah. Although you'd want to maybe detach it from the relationship thing. I don't know. But that yeah, makes it really emotional, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and I touched on this last week with with the wait list idea. So, it's all about that loneliness thing as well a bit. There is a growing recognition of loneliness across the world, especially after COVID-19. People are feeling a lot more isolated and with emerging trends like working from home. People aren't seeing many people as much and it's harder to, you know, have those unplanned sort of interactions, you know, those bump into the hallway conversations. And I was reading a little bit about this and it's about the human relationship circle, it's like as a human, you need to have multiple types of relationships, right? You have your really close relationships like your partner And then maybe your children or your parents, brothers and sisters, that sort of thing. And then on the outer ring, you have, you know, your friends and, you know, potentially colleagues, that sort of thing, right? And then they start getting these other complicated relationships, which are like the person you talk to when you get your coffee or, you know, the bus driver you wave to. The casual Uh, relationships. Yeah, your real casual, really casual relationships. And then it goes like this spectrum out after those people that you see like once or, you know, maybe a month or whatever, you know, and you just like literally look at them across the room. It's like... These sort of relationships are part of a fulfilling social experience and, and really important for your mental health. And to be to be clear too, we are talking about physical friend rental, as in
0: renting a person in real life, not just a digital kind of friend like a pen power.
1: Oh, oh my God. That's a really good um point, Dan. I think you just gave me an idea. It's like OnlyFans for friends. Only friends. Well, don't, don't I, I mean
0: PenPower is that kind of thing, isn't it? Somebody that you write to. I mean, PenPower traditionally you think of handwritten letters, but effectively doing that online, it's a PenPower type setup. Yeah, you'd almost call it
1: PenPower. Surely that already exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Um, or only friends. Yeah, so people can pay and for you friend. just to be a virtual friend and have a virtual have like a meeting but like it's like a friend meeting that's a really good idea that's maybe this a separate tier when when you said it i mean i i went
0: straight to physical because i think you know, that's probably where more than it is. And I know this has been said lots of times before, but social media and digital connectedness now, you know, we're more connected than ever, but we're also more isolated than ever. So the fact that we can all connect this contradiction is that, yeah, we can all connect whenever we want to whoever we want, yet we have less of that physical connection and more isolation. And that's where I thought you were going with this is, is we have enough of this digital
1: social stuff how do we rent a physical friend? To, yes, to, to, that that was that that was the thinking. That was one hundred percent thinking. So I'm glad that came across. But yeah, I mean, you. I mean, it could be scalable through digital as all things are. So you talked about a virtual friend. I mean, it's going to get to a point
0: where it's going to be an AI friend. And there's there's already sites and and AI tools that do this, where you can basically have a text and probably eventually video or or, or an audio um, kind of conversation with that person. The movie Her um, with Joaquin Phoenix is a good example yep. of that.
1: So, I'm sure that's coming. I'm sure it's not too far around around the bend anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, this would be the physical and I guess that's our differentiation point, which is a key problem with this type of business, you know, because there are a lot of things doing this sort of matching, you know, friend dating sort of stuff. So, the physical element, I think, is key for, for this to differentiate. So, yeah, great pickup. And, you know, if you are looking at the dating market, that was valued at approximately $6.7 billion in 2021. So I think there's some clear monetization things here where running the marketplace, we can take a clip of ticket or potentially charge a subscription fee or something like that. And obviously advertising, but you just don't go down the advertising route in that scenario, I don't think. In terms of actually developing this, to your point, there's the technology developing the actual marketplace. I think that's already there. But then there could be, you know, AI tools that we could use to, you know, really enhance it. You know, maybe, maybe the free tier is like of AI. And then, you know, if you want to access real people or something then it's like that's when you start paying i don't know i'm just brainstorming now yeah no good idea (laughs) i like it um there are some operational challenges around verifying identity and you know background checks and you know that people aren't using it for malicious behavior i think that's a key element that you know would be taken seriously in this type of business all of those challenges have been overcome i mean there's many many dating apps and other apps that match
0: people for various things that have already overcome this. I mean, potentially, you know, this is an idea that you, you take to one of those existing companies and, you know, use Tinder, for example, which is obviously about dating, but you could almost have another tab, which is, this is the platonic tab so, this is for people just for this kind of companionship. And I've just used Tinder as an example, but there would be potentially other apps
1: that have got this. Yeah. I think the, the uh, when I was doing the research, so Bumble has this feature. They call it Bumble Friends. Okay. And so, you can change from dating to friends. I mean, yeah, but that's based on the assumption that both people want to meet, right? Yeah. this is I'm changing the relationship where it's a paid relationship. It's I'll pay you for your time. Yeah, I just yeah. had a quick look online and there are apps that kind of already go down this friend route. It
0: looks like some of them are the more digital connection as opposed to yeah, meeting in person, but the Bumble one just came up, Bumble BFF, and look they've used the word. They've stolen my concept. Bumble BFF is literally the same concept as Bumble, just for platonic friends. See? I told you. that's wow. the word.
1: Yes, exactly. It is the word. But yeah, that's the idea, pretty basic one, but you know, I'm talking about yeah, the marketplace ranting people. I've got a bunch of other ideas that can spring for this. Don't even get me started on renting staff and staff swapping and that sort of stuff. Save it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> i right, see you then.